Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Jair Alexander has been suspended for one game by the Green Bay Packers, said GM Brian Gutekunst. The decision to suspend a player is never easy and not one we take lightly. Unfortunately, Jair's actions prior to the game in Carolina led us to take this step as an organization. We have an expectation that everyone puts the team first. While we were disappointed, we had a good conversation with Jair this morning and fully expect him to learn from this as we move forward together. We look forward to welcoming him back next week. He's a valued member of this team and we will and will continue to be in the future. What he did prior to the game last week, and why I chuckled a little, because there's nothing funny about a player getting suspended. He strong-armed his way out to the field. And then hijacked to the To call situation. the coin toss. Yeah. Yes, and almost screwed it up. Right. And, and if the referee had not bailed him out, the Packers would have kicked off to start both halves of the game against the Panthers. Because he said, we want to play defense. Right. Oh, you mean you want to defer? Because you have two choices. Well, you have three. Kick, receive, defer. You don't come out and say we want to play defense because that could be interpreted as we want to kick, which means fine. You kick now, and then the Panthers decide at the start of the third quarter whether they want the ball or whether they're going to kick to you, which rarely ever happens. Right. I remember the one time the Giants-Vikings playoff game, 1993. The Giants chose to kick to start the game. And the Vikings chose to receive to start the third quarter. Both time, Vikings pinned in by the wind, three and outs, punt, touchdown, done. Yeah. It happened in the third quarter. Eat it, Vikings. the only time I remember it ever happening. Bill Sims and the G-Men. Eat it, yeah. It's the only time I remember it ever happening. (laughs) So so that's why he's getting – and I've got to look at his salary here, but he's going to lose a week of pay over that stupid decision. And after the game, he acted like he didn't know what was wrong. Like, they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like I said, we want to play defense. What else am I supposed to say? You say, kick, receive, defer. Yeah. All you had to do was say, defer. And the reason they gave them a pass here, Matt LaFleur, the coach of the team, specifically told the officials before the game, if we win the toss, we're going to defer. So they got a little assist here from the officials. 
But that wasn't enough to keep Jair Alexander from getting suspended for a game. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's a bad look. I mean, you can't just be, be a head coach of a football team and then just, uh, okay, going to get the locker room to respect me and they're going to listen to what I say and, you know, you know, stand attention and do all that stuff. And then yet we got one guy that's just a renegade and just decides to do whatever the hell he wants. You know, no, no, no team is successful in working that way. There's got to be respect, the pecking order, the way things are done. And, yeah, that was almost, you know, a disaster. Uh, and, and the referee was polite to, to bail him out in that, that situation altogether. But that just, yeah, it looks bad on the Packers and Matt LaFleur. It makes it look like, you know, he's not running his football team the right way. And it makes it look like one guy is going to do whatever the hell he wants. And a guy, too, in a year where... He hasn't really played much, and when he did play, it hasn't been that great. He's a really talented, awesome corner, but, man, for, for a guy like that in that situation to do that, yeah, it's just not a good example for some of the younger guys on the football team. Uh, not a good look at all. So I understand them squashing this at this moment and making sure that this doesn't become a thing or catch fire with anybody else on the football team for them to think that they can kind of do what they want when they want, and it doesn't matter what the coach says or who he says are captains. And you know, that's life in the NFL, so I'm not shocked that they suspended Jair Alexander. He hadn't played since November 5. It was his first game in uniform yeah. since then. Right. It suffered a shoulder injury. And let's have a listen because he is an entertaining guy. Yes, something he is. is clearly off the rails between him and the Green Bay Packers. Here he is after the game explaining what went down at the coin toss. Were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know. It's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know. So, so you just did that on your own. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know. So they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which, in theory, could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to to uh, kick off, which you would have lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half? Yeah, no, I told them that, uh, I said, uh, I want I want our defense to be out there. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They're like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Did he, did he say that to you? Yeah, he did. The mic, the mic was on. And I, oh, I, I, yeah, he, he heard you. Hear oh, really? No, nah, he was just like, defer? I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. yeah everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? Like, it's pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the nope. sideline? <laughs> Why would they? Yeah. <laughs> Not a good Entertaining, look. Entertaining, but... I Not mean, obviously, he's clueless. I mean, he's clueless, right? He doesn't even know, right? That's just that ain't a good look for him. And certainly, yeah, they didn't want to make a big spectacle of it, right? As they're about to kick the ball off and go, Jair, what the hell were you doing? Like that was the dumbest thing we've seen this year in football, right? I mean, yeah, it's uh, that's that's why they got to suspend him. That soundbite when I saw that yesterday, like that doesn't that didn't help him. That's part of probably the reason they were like, damn, he's laughing and giggling about it. Right, he hijacked the situation. Yeah, they got his back. He's the highest paid player on the defense. They're not gonna like, you know, tell him that he's one of the leaders. So they're laughing sitting there at some of the players, but still doesn't make it right. Like it, it could have been a total blunder there. Well, it's multiple breaches of protocol. First of all, he made himself into a captain 
even though he didn't have a captain designation for the game. That's got to be a no-no. Definitely a no-no. Just just go rogue and say, I'm a captain today. Sounds like he was bitter that they did not realize he was from Charlotte, right? That's the first thing that came to my mind there. Yeah, but you're right. The protocols were broken across the board here, and it could have cost them – Mm, the game, you don't know. What could have happened there? An extra possession for the Carolina Panthers? Uh, we know it was a close game to begin with. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I give Gutenkust and, and uh, Matt LaFleur credit for, for drawing a line in the concrete and going, no, you don't step over this line right here. You went too far, and I don't care how good you are, how much money we're paying you, you're not playing this week, and I think that's the right thing to do. Let's hear from Matt LaFleur, coach of the Packers, from yesterday on the decision to suspend Jair Alexander for Sunday night's game against the Vikings. I'll just say this. It's never for one thing. Um, but like I said, I think there's a lot of lessons along the way from from everybody involved, and um, hopefully we learn from them. I think we will. I think there will be probably better communication moving forward. And like I said, I think Jaw's going to be here a long time. He's a hell of a player. Um, and just looking to move past this and learn from it, and we'll all move forward and be better for it. I looked up the contract. His salary is $1.08 million this year, which would be the minimum for his level of experience. It's a $60,000 price tag for missing the game. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. You don't want to give up 60000 You don't want to give up a game check. You don't want to be embarrassed that way. And as Matt LaFleur said, there isn't one factor that goes into it. For all we know, for all we know, Jair Alexander, who is not a guy who's going to keep his mouth shut, right? which is fine. I like that personality. For all we know, he had been lobbying all week long to be a captain because I'm from Charlotte. And he'd been told no. Well, he, and he, he decides he ex- before kickoff, I'm doing it anyway. He exposed himself, though, in saying that coach doesn't didn't know I was from Charlotte. So that would tell you that he didn't say yeah. that all week, right? I mean, if, well, if that, he would be saying that. Hey, coach, I'm from Charlotte. I want to be a captain, right? And then he makes true. a comment that's after true. the game would, and goes, I don't think he, coach yeah. knew I was from Charlotte, right? So I, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if I'm buying just, that. It, it, makes yeah. it, it, makes it, a bigger, it makes it a bigger infraction if he had been lobbying for the assignment and went anyway. I'm just trying to figure yeah, yeah, out why you, you suspend right. him just for that. And that's more of a finger in the eye of the team if they've already told you no and you go anyway. My son... And you'll be shocked to know that he might be looking for some other explanation. He texted me last night. I don't know if he appreciates me reading this, but I'm going to anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Jair Alexander got suspended because LaFleur didn't want to see Jefferson embarrass him again, not because of some coin toss. That's, <laughs> that's, that's uh, to avoid uh, a matchup with Justin Jefferson, regardless who the quarterback's going to be for the Vikings. But um, I don't buy that one, but I do have conspiracy theorist Jr., trying to come up with alternative explanations to help Jair Alexander save some face against Justin Jefferson and the Vikings. Well, I, it's a tall task this week. I think that even speaks to how egregious, you know, the infraction was altogether by Jair Alexander. And that, yeah, there must have been other things. I don't know what they are, uh, but yeah. And they're trying their best to be very delicate here because they know, like you said, he's got a you know, a good mouthpiece. He's creative, right? He's smart. He's kind of a funny guy. And of course, he's one of the best players and a leader in the locker room. So, you know, Matt LaFleur was very polite with the things he said there. You know, he could have gone into detail about like exactly what Jair did that day and what, and the protocols he broke. And it could have made it look like, well, I mean, 
that was ridiculous that Jair did that. But he took the high road there and, you know, was very soft and delicate with, with the things he said. And, and my son must not have watched last year when Jair Alexander held Jefferson to one catch for 15 yards week 17 last year. Remember, that was a game that the Vikings were supposed to win and they were the team that was wire to wire division leaders and the Packers made a late run and uh, that was a game that did not go well Minnesota at Green Bay and it was Alexander covering Jefferson that day so he won't be available on Sunday night when the Minnesota Vikings host the Green Bay Packers on New Year's Eve there's Alexander yeah Alexander was all over and they were oh he mocked him with the gritty I'd forgotten all about that I'm surprised you weren't doing the gritty in the viewing room after that (laughs) yeah they're gonna they're gonna now look they've managed to play defense without Jerry Alexander since November 5 they did have him on Sunday against the Panthers but it just feels like there is something deeper going on here maybe there was some frustration that he wasn't ready to play sooner than than he did I forgot about that too that helmet toss that was accidentally shoved into the back of the official so uh so yeah we'll see how it goes for the Packers and the Vikings both teams are are on the outside looking in and need a lot of help to get to the postseason but uh it would have been a more entertaining game if Jai Alexander plays maybe he'll find a way to sneak in maybe maybe he'll show up at midfield for the coin toss who knows which Jai Alexander you can't rule out anything apparently no, no, he's he's a great personality. It would have been fun to see him against Justin Jefferson and all that. But again, you know, Green Bay, they did the right thing. Uh, they they got to run a football team here. They need guys that are going to act professional and do the right things by their football team. And I think Lafleur is setting a good example here. When we return, there is a Thursday night game coming up. The last yeah. one. Of How the dare season. you it's put this in Jets segment three? And the Browns. What a jerk you well, are! If. If they hadn't if they hadn't benched Russell Wilson yesterday, we might have talked about it sooner. We'll talk about it when PFT Live continues right after this. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Takes the snap, drops back. At the Jet 25-yard line, looks downfield. He's a bomb down the right sideline. Corey Davis behind the defense. He's going to score at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown. I don't believe it. 
Here is the Jet onside kick drive. Braden Mann wants it left. It takes a hop, gets to the sideline. It's loose. There's a scramble for it. The Jets think they have it. They do. The Jets recover the onside kick in front of their bench. 25 seconds to go. The Jets down by six. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Looks up to see, fires, caught! Touchdown! Garrett Wilson scores! A miracle here in Cleveland. I can't believe it. Gosh. That was last year, Joe Flacco with the Jets in Cleveland. As the Jets stormed back to steal one from the Browns, 31-30 was the final score there. Two touchdowns in the final 90 seconds. The two teams get together again in Cleveland tonight with Joe Flacco as the quarterback for the Browns. Going against the Jets, who are done. They're eliminated. Trevor Simeon, I assume, is starting tonight. I haven't been paying attention. Yes, I mean, is. what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, get your head in the what are you game. Uh, you don't know who's starting who the cares quarterback about this game tonight. <laughs> yeah, I do. Who cares about the Jets? Well, you, you care, care about, about the Jets right now. The you, Jets are done. You the Jets are over. I care about Russell Wilson. I care about Tom Brady to the Broncos. You care about way, Cleveland a podcast commercial. Come on. I, ca- I care about Cleveland. Yeah, I know it's Joe Flacco. I don't care who it is for the Jets. They could put you out there for all I care. It's not going to matter tonight. If the Browns blow this one, it completely undermines everything they've done since losing back-to-back road games to the Broncos and the Rams. They are a juggernaut right now the Jets got their win they got their one more win at home they feel good about that there's no way I don't I, 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 yeah be careful there Mr. Baltimore the Raven Jets. fan okay all right I don't give the, let's uh, rephrase Jets that could one still win the game yes the Jets could still win the game thank you whether it's Trevor Simeon or or uh Brett Rippon or Mark Rippon, for that matter, it, playing quarterback tonight. Yes. The Jets still have a chance. Yes, don't make uh, – one thing we've learned this year they have is a don't, don't do, don't do that. Everybody has a chance. Yeah. The Chargers Everybody has a chance. almost beat the Bills every game. on Peacock Saturday night. I mean, the team that we were like, I don't know, Buffalo is definitely one of the three or four best teams in football. The Chargers is a disaster. So, yes, it's still NFL football. Like you said yesterday – the, the the difference between you know top teams and and the bottom teams it's not that much right it's not college football where it's like a shock when the 30th ranked team beats the number 1 ranked team this is a lot closer than that this is like you better be careful cleveland this is is a little scary now you know i have a man crush cleveland's defense is awesome super bowl winning defense definitely right and i certainly think the jets will have a hard time moving the ball on that defense but they are one of those teams that's so aggressive. They're going to give, you know, a Garrett Wilson some one-on-one opportunities. They get so many people at the line of scrimmage. The Jets, who have been running the ball a little bit better lately, you know, Brees Hall gets through that first line of scrimmage area there with all the people crowded around it. It might be see you later. And then here's the big thing, Mike. This is why you got to tune in tonight. You know, the Jets defense, as you know, it's it's awesome. It's really good. It's it's a top five defense in football, uh, you know. When you don't have the one of the worst offenses, and it still might even be ranked that right now. Anyways, I might be a little off with that, but but either way, yeah, it is still it is still that it's third, right? So to that crappy offense, it's still the third offense or defense in football. The Browns throw the ball unconsciously. Joe Flacco has no conscience. This is the kind of game where you heard me say, like, they got to rein Joe Flacco in a little bit and be careful, right? 
I, they can get away with it against a lot of teams, but this is a defense that could definitely do the strip sack fumble, the pick six, and do some of that stuff. So that's why I say you tune in here right now because Cleveland can't run, and they have to drop back and throw it to win in and move the ball on the offensive side, and that's where this one could be exciting or maybe throw us a curveball and be closer than we expect. Yeah, you're going to get an Amazon check to go along with your NBC I'll take check it. after selling the veal for tonight. But, uh, but uh, I, I, And I agree with you. Look, for the Jets, this is kind of like a bowl game. It's bowl season. This is a nationally televised sort of game, nationally streamed game. It's the only NFL game on tonight. They get broken out from the cluster of games that would be and will be played at 1 o'clock on Sunday. There's 10 games in all. So they get their moment, their one final moment in the spotlight. This is a way to go out on a positive note. And with Aaron Rodgers back there, and I don't know how the practice snaps went this week, but remember, he's on the roster. He's not going to play. He's on the roster. He said earlier this week he didn't want to be on the roster because he didn't want to displace somebody, but that's all worked out. He ran the scout team last Friday, and I told it was I was told it was a very spirited practice. It helped get the defense ready for the game against the commanders. It looked like it was going to be a blowout until it wasn't, and then they ended up winning. But we don't know what Rodgers has done to kind of stoke this defense, playing the role of Joe Flacco if he was the scout team quarterback this week. So I, I don't disagree with you. The Jets, if they view this as our last hurrah, everyone's going to be watching on Thursday night who's inclined to watch NFL football. We get a chance to, to you know, stick it to the Browns a little bit as they try to clinch a playoff berth. We get a chance to stick it to Flacco a little bit, even though they stuck it to Flacco by not calling him when they needed a quarterback. Yeah, it it, it could be interesting. And as you've said, and you've been, you've been preaching this idea that Joe Flacco's throwing the ball way too much. You throw the ball like that against a team like the Jets, you may have a problem. Yeah, that, that's what's scary, right? This is this is now now you know, can the Jets' offense move the ball on the Cleveland Browns? I, I don't really expect that. I don't. You know, the Cleveland Browns, you know, I mean, I gush about their defense weekly. I mean, it's, it's a squash session. They're not content with, like, it being second and five. They want it to be second and 15 every drive, every time the other offense has the ball. So, you know, every now and then they, they might, you know, be a little vulnerable or give up a big play, but I, I don't imagine that happening. Can the Jets' offense just be – you know, good enough to maybe get a few field goals, just flip the field position. That's going to be the big story of the game. That, and then, yeah, they're going to have to hope that, and again, Joe Flacco, it's, it's what, six interceptions in three games? It, it might be, you know, what are we on? Well, last week was fourth game, so now we're at eight interceptions because he threw two last week too. It's eight interceptions in, in four games. You know, and, and some fumbles too that they've recovered as well. Like, this is a game where, yeah, guys off the edge, you know, uh, Quincy Williams and or, or Quinnen Williams and, and that group, they strip sack fumbles, maybe a tip pass interception, that type of stuff happens a little bit. And, and again, we expect a low-scoring defensive battle anyways. I mean, it's the type, type of game that you look at and go, it feels like a Cleveland 17-13, you know, 17-10 13-7 type of football game that Jets defense makes a play or two, yeah, we could be sitting there in the fourth quarter going, oh my gosh, the Jets are up by a field goal, or they're only down by a field goal, and I think that's what we got to tune in for. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers the first game of the season, as we know, and then after that, they insisted on sticking with Zach Wilson, even as it didn't go well. 
There was no phone call to bring Flacco back. The guy we saw at the top of this segment lead the Jets back from that deficit to beat the Browns last season. Here's Robert Sala, coach of the Jets, from earlier this week. And I'm glad this happened because I said a few weeks ago, I want to hear from somebody with the Jets why Joe Flacco didn't get a phone call. Here's Robert Sala talking about that from earlier in the week. We love Joe, first and foremost. Uh, obviously, he, had, he spent a couple of years with him. Uh, love him. Love the way he prepares. Uh, really pumped for him and the success he's having. But it's just a decision we made in, in terms of the, uh, the quarterback room and the way we developed it over the course of OTAs and training camp. And uh, it was just a decision we made. No, um, never regret. Because like I said, uh, um, you know, you, you always go into things with, a, with what you hope being a sound decision. You can... The biggest thing is to reflect upon those decisions and to see what we could have done better as a coaching staff, as an organization. But, um, but you know, it's it, every decision we make comes feel like it comes with deep thought and and logic. And uh, um, but but no, there's no regret there. What's he gonna say? We regret it. We should have done it. We should have called him. They made us look like idiots. I mean, look, there's a certain amount of wagon circling that needs to be done, and. I have a feeling the decision not to call Flacco goes up higher than Sala, may even go up higher than Joe Douglas. I agree. may just be that somebody made a decision that Flacco's not the answer. Flacco doesn't sell tickets. Flacco doesn't generate excitement. Flacco's 38. Flacco's not a winner, whatever the case may be. Every owner's involved with every team. Some are more involved than others, and some are more obvious in their involvement than others. I I just have a feeling this one goes up all the way to the top because – when you're are you talking about Woody or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers? Which one are you talking about? Well, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, my first thought was maybe Aaron Rodgers didn't want Joe Flacco around. Maybe he doesn't like him. Maybe there's something there I don't know about. But I think the real owner, not the de facto owner of the team, but the guy who actually holds the pink slip, as far as we know, maybe he surrendered that to Aaron Rodgers as well over the past several months. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't doubt what you're saying. I mean – I don't. I do. I do know. I know this. I didn't have to hear that from Robert Sala. They like Joe Flacco there, so there was something more at play. I I know that. So you know whether that was Rodgers or Woody Johnson, or they just thought, hey, you know, Rodgers is here. We're as we talk about all the time. We're gonna make him the king of the castle. Maybe it's just a little too much to have two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks here on the roster, both older guys. Let's just have one guy be the voice. I could see that, and then kind of just going, wait, that's just logical and makes common sense there and then when roger says hey i like this guy bring this guy in blah 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 it kind of just organically you know took a life of its own there that's kind of how i would imagine but you know you know that i know some people in that jets organization throughout and i know they like joe flacco there certainly so i I don't know where exactly the disconnect or what happened but I would think it's Rodgers related to a degree not that he said I don't want Joe Flacco but because of some of the reasons I just mentioned and you know there was that chatter that noise the talk show fodder they should trade for Kirk Cousins which was never ever 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 going to happen that would have created real awkwardness if Kirk Cousins had led the Jets to the brink of the playoffs, and then Roger shows up and says, thank you, I'll take the football now. It's easier to do that with Flacco if they had called Flacco. That's the thing. So I don't think it's a Rodgers turf thing because Flacco is gladly going to stand down. 
No, he's it's the, the one Zach Wilson franchise quarterback too, I think. who just wants to be around. Right. He just wants to be part of the game. He wants to play as long as he can. He loves the sport, and he wants to be around, and he would have not gotten in the way of Aaron Rodgers coming back at all. I, I, I don't disagree with you there. I don't. You know, but, but I also think the Zach Wilson part of the conversation is there too, right? And that they were trying to prop up Zach Wilson, not give up on him that way. Make sure he was purely the solidified backup quarterback. And I think that probably, you know, put a wrench into some of the Joe Flacco conversations as well. Injuries tonight. The most notable name on the list is Amari Cooper, who had a franchise record 265 receiving yards on Sunday in that win over the Texans in Houston. You wonder how much of that was a message to the other team in Dallas that gave him away to the Browns because they didn't want to pay him $20 million in 2022. Amari Cooper's still getting it done. He's questionable with a heel injury. He's also had a day off due to rest. So, look, chances are he's going to play. Yeah, they need him. The kicker and the punter for the Browns, that's an issue. Dustin Hopkins has a hamstring injury. They've signed Riley Patterson to take his place. Corey Bajorquez, who handled one of the kickoffs after Hopkins was injured. He's got a quad injury. He's doubtful. They have another punter. I can't remember who the punter is that they brought in, but they did bring in a punter. So uh, special teams may be a special focus tonight, especially if it's a low-scoring close game. What the kickers and the punters do by way of field position, by way of field goals, that becomes a major factor. And the top punter and the top kicker not available tonight, most likely, for the Cleveland Browns. We know the kicker's out. The punter's doubtful. Let's assume both are out. That could be an issue in a close game, Chris. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Something to watch out for. In a field goal type of game, defenses struggle, definitely. And then you add on the, you know, I hope Amari Cooper's ready to go. We just talked about it. The Browns are a, a pass-first football team. The injuries on the O-line, of they, they can't rely on the run. They've lost their way there. So they're, they're having to rely on Flacco and the right arm and the big plays to Cooper and Njoku. And against this defense that, again, they don't blitz – they dropped seven into coverage almost the whole game, right? This is the game you you want a healthy Njoku and Amari Cooper, right? And so that's where it's it's also a little scary. But I'm with you. I would expect to see him play tonight, definitely. We'll see where it goes. And, uh, yeah, I saw Greg Zerline on there with illness, too. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I mean, come on. you Kicker, like, if you're not coughing up a lung, you better be able to kiff, k- uh, kick in the game. Uh, they shouldn't even waste our time with that questionable stuff there. <laughs> uh, and also, by the way, Robert Sala and Joe Douglas will be back in 2024. We haven't talked about that yet. That was announced, reported, leaked, whatever, by Woody Johnson before Sunday's game against the Commanders. It was about time that Woody Johnson said that. It needed to come sooner because there was a point where things are starting to crumble and the guys in the locker room need to know that Robert Sala is going to be back next year. So you better listen to Robert Sala. He's not going to get washed out at the end of the season. He's going to be there. Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Joe Douglas is going to be there. You guys better get your asses in line. This isn't this isn't somebody who is going to be somewhere else in 2024. So it was overdue, better late than never, and it's good for the program. It's good for what they're trying to build next year, for everyone to know now that they're running it back with what they thought they were going to have this year. There'll still be changes. And I think one of the one of the most significant changes will be making sure that Aaron Rodgers is no longer assistant general manager. 
I think that title will be removed. They'll rip that right off of his work shirt. No more assistant general manager or assistant to the general manager for Aaron Rodgers next year. But otherwise, you just try to do next year what they were going to do this year, Chris. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's right. You know, And again, it was shaky four or five weeks ago. I mean, four weeks ago. You know, there were some things there, and I think you you know you listen to people who know people in the NFL. There was reports that like uh, Robert Sala, it's not, you know, the seat's a little warm there. They better be careful. There were some things that the question, you know, about the way the guys were handling themselves, you know, decisions made as far as managing the football game that I think were also questionable by Sala. But you know, all in all, yeah, I think it's a positive that Woody comes out, makes that statement, right gets everybody to step in line. Salah's still the sergeant general here, and let's act accordingly and finish the season off strong. And it's going to be interesting to see the some of the moves and the decisions they make on their football team in the offseason. We know they got to improve the offensive line, right? You're going to have the Jets fan base and media up here questioning Nathaniel Hackett still. I don't know. I don't think that's fair, right? But that's still going to be a hot-button topic and uh, – yeah, the Jets got some work to do to to figure some things out this offseason. The uh, by the way, I'm no expert in the military ranking system. You use that term sergeant general from time to time, which gets me 7 to 10 emails on average that there is no such rank as sergeant general. There is a sergeant major general. It is a mostly unused military rank. But sergeant general is not a thing. You may be thinking surgeon general, which is an entirely different <laughs> designation right altogether but just to get ahead of it folks don't send me the email please please i know sergeant general isn't a rank i've never mentioned it before chris but i just i i think i, I knew I, that I too forget. i think i knew it too i i actually did think i i've been made aware of that before i don't care it made the point and sergeant general sounds even tougher and more important than just one of them by themselves so it's a really important guy that's i'm, I'm making up my own rank <laughs> And, and by the way, Nathaniel Hackett, and where did I say this? Um, I think I said it the day Miles Simmons was on. I said that Nathaniel Hackett has more job security than Kim Jong-un, just as a, as a continuation of your whole North Korea rule and Sims Jong-un, which you called yourself yes. when that all came up. But right. Nathaniel Hackett's not going anywhere. I wouldn't He's imagine. He's not going anywhere. Yes. Period. It's Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett arm in arm. Rodgers was, was gushing earlier this year about – how I won two MVPs with Nathaniel Hackett, ignoring the fact that the head coach in Green Bay is also an offensive guy who's ultimately responsible for the offense. That's what's so weird about it. Let's see how it goes when it is Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, when there isn't a head coach who can come in and make sure everything's fine because he's a defensive guy. That's the one thing. I mean, for as smart as Aaron Rodgers is, every once in a while, there's these moments where it's like, I thought he was supposed to be smart. Well, yeah, he just likes to connect dots that he wants to connect every now and then, not the ones that actually make sense to connect. Uh, but, but uh, again, uh, I think it's – it's. hey, Nathaniel Hackett, that was a really tough situation he was put in this year. It was. It was a quarterback. He got stuck with a young quarterback who was learning another system, and it was thrusted upon him you know, early on in the season, the fifth play of the game, and he wasn't ready. And they had a plan of attack and a whole offense orchestrated around Aaron Rodgers and what he could do at the line of scrimmage and using his brains and checks and, and the way they used their formation and personnel to, to kind of call the offense and what they had orchestrated you know, in, in the meeting rooms between Hackett and Rodgers. That never got to come to life, and that's how the offense was based. 
And that's why they favored some older receivers who were smarter and been around the block a few times so they could understand Rodgers at the line of scrimmage and all the checks and do all that. Uh, so, you know, that was a big, a big thing that was, you know, knocked out from underneath the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett and his arsenal and as far as how he wants to run the offense. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll return some of the prop bets that apply to Week 17. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. Keeping a level head is the most important thing for us right now, you know, because uh, now it's the narrative is changing. You know, it was just, you know, this team is the Ravens. We don't know about the Ravens. Now it's all the number one team. So we're not, we're not playing no mind in that, into that. You know, I feel like that's bait. You know, that's clip bait. And like I said, we're trying to make it to February. So we're going to take, take it a game at a time. Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback and my new friend even if he calls me Flores or Florist or whatever it was. And I'm telling you, when the Ravens, if the Ravens beat the Dolphins, because as we know, anything can happen on any given Sunday, Monday, Saturday, or whenever, that's that 1 o'clock game, the big 1 o'clock game on Sunday. You know when it's time to start making phone calls and get people. I'm asking for Lamar Jackson. I want to talk to Lamar. Uh, I'll take whatever he wants to say to me. I'll take it. Yeah, I listen, I, I hear you. The cool thing about Lamar is – you know, he he uses it in motivation. I, I don't think he takes it personal, right? You know, I know I've made some comments in the past about Lamar, and he even addressed them at the podium, right? Where, but he goes like, "Yeah, I understand. He's doing his job. He's got to do what he's do." D- d- you know, but but he he also explains his side of the story to kind of tell you you're wrong too. Right, so I don't think it like gets to him like that, where he's gonna be like write you off or block you on Twitter or anything like that. I don't think he's that kind of guy. He understands the world and how it works that way. I'm excited for this one. I, I just I still can't believe it's a one o'clock game. The game of the weekend is on one p.m. with ten other games at one p.m., which I kind of find inexcusable that the NFL would do that to all of us uh, the second to last Sunday of this of the season. Supposedly, it's going to be televised in 70% of the country, so most people will see Dolphins-Ravens in that CBS window at 1 o'clock with Bengals-Chiefs, which may draw an even bigger audience. There was an article in the Miami Herald about why they didn't move that game out, Bengals-Chiefs. There's a train wreck element to the Chiefs this year that makes them more compelling. People want to tune in and see what's wrong with the Chiefs and can they get it together, so maybe it will be a bigger number for Chiefs-Bengals than it will be for Dolphins-Ravens if they had both been at 425 Eastern. Regardless, we'll start with our prop bets. Dolphins at the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, pass and rush yards. The over-under is 288.5 against the 49ers. He had 252 passing and 45 rushing. Are you over or under 288.5 against the Dolphins? Wow. Um, I feel like I'm going to go under here. Uh, I, I am. I mean... Again, I, I it, stats don't always tell the story like we talk about Lamar Jackson. It's the plays he makes and the big moments, right? That's where he's really special that way. You know, I think a lot of this Dolphins defense, I think they got got it all. You know, big people in the middle. You know, pass rush is damn good. Vic Fangio's got the secondary in the back seven playing awesome football. You know, I, I, I don't – they're a little bit more – creative maybe than with the 49ers attack the 49ers are one of those teams that's so good they're kind of just like hey we just do these two or three defenses and you're gonna have a hard time even though you know what we might be you know playing on that side of the ball 
I'm going to go under here. I'm going to say that somebody else is going to have to help Lamar here in the run game or whatever else to make it an impressive offensive day uh, by the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to go over. I mean, I think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel here, the one seed, everything they need to do after that. There was a calm that I sensed in him playing the other night. I think that continues. Even though, even though you play the Monday night game in Santa Clara, cross country, it it affects your body, it affects your prep, it affects your mindset. I, I think that when you pull off a victory like you had on Monday night, you just you have to find a way to continue yeah. and keep it They'll going. They'll be ready to go. And have that same confidence. Have that right. same confidence that was oozing from him. I think he'll be over the 288.5. I think we'll have the same kind of night that he did against – or the same kind of day that he had the night against the 49ers. Lions-Cowboys, yeah, okay. Saturday night. Go ahead. No. Go ahead before I move on. No, no. It, it, it's, you know, I, I think you, you, you said some right things there. I don't think this is a letdown, right? I don't look at it that way. And Baltimore, as you know, I said Tuesday morning, they look like they play better when they're scared. You know, that's been their best performances of the year. Oh, no, the Lions are coming to town. Oh, the Seahawks, whoa, they're kind of hot and got something working. And, of course, the 49ers football game. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. And, then, and yeah, I'm sure the Dolphins are going to get their attention. And they still can win the game even if, if, if uh, Lamar doesn't go over that 288. I certainly am not trying to, you know, shade my pick or anything like that. No, I'm not trying to do that. Lions at the Cowboys Saturday night. The best rushing yards prop bet from the numbers that are available to the various people who might be or will be generating rushing yards. Dak Prescott, the lowest there, was 16.5 because he's a quarterback. Jameer Gibbs, 51.5. David Montgomery, 54.5. Tony Pollard, that same number, 54.5. What do you feel strongest about over or under for any of those four guys? Oh, I feel over about Jameer Gibbs. I mean, one, I think he's one of the hottest running backs in the game. And and to me, this is where, you know, this matchup is a lot of fun, but where I worry about Dallas is like we always talk about. Here's a huge, healthy, overpowering offensive line, and Dallas is not that good at stopping the run or being big there. And Gibbs is on fire, on fire to the point where, you know, there's five or six carries every game where I go, Ah, I don't know why they have Montgomery in. If that was Gibbs, that would have been a 50-yard gain, and instead it was an 8- or 10-yard gain. I honestly think they got to give him the ball more there, right? And uh, so that that's going to be interesting. You know, I made a comment yesterday about the Lions, right? It went around. I got eviscerated on Twitter, a 10-second video where I just said the Lions, you know, their speed and their, their passing game is a question. Right, I didn't clarify Jamison Williams, who I talk about constantly and has three rockets up his ass. Right, but he hasn't been a regular part of the offense yet. You know, he's he's special. I know that. But the teams that have beat the Lions and have given them issues, you know, you get into that. They play man to man, and they are not scared of the Lions beating them deep. And so Jamison Williams is that only guy that does that, and that's to me where it could be interesting in this one uh, as far as the Dallas matchup on defense versus Lions offense. First of all, better you than me when it comes to getting dragged on. Well, I'm just I've had my fill for the year. I've 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 satisfied my quota. Uh, And second of all, on Jameer Gibbs, and I'm with you over on Jameer Gibbs. If you haven't seen the fourth and one play where he puts a Caleb Evans of the Vikings on the ground without even touching him. (laughs) He gets through the first level. He makes a juke and Evans just Pratt falls like Kramer. 
It's amazing. You can find it on Twitter. I just looked it up. It is unbelievable, the move that he makes. So give me the over on Jameer Gibbs, one of their best running backs, arguably, and it may not even be an argument at this point, their best running back since uh, Barry Sanders, retired in 1999. All right, last one very quickly. Seven and eight Saints at the eight and seven Buccaneers. Over under for Baker Mayfield passing yards, 233.5. He had 381 against the Packers week 15, only 283 against the Jaguars last week only. The over under is only 233.5. Do you think he continues this run of getting more than 233 passing yards on Sunday? I'm going to say yes. They're, they're, they're on fire right now. You know, I think between that, they have the type of receivers that can. New Orleans is another team. Play man to man. They gave, you know, the Lions some issues in the second half of the football game, moving the ball consistently. But yeah, they're, they're made to beat man to man, the Bucks with some of the weapons they got. And then, of course, Baker, he ain't afraid to throw the ball into tight windows or launch the ball down the field. And then you add on that to New Orleans can't rush the passer. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over here for Baker Mayfield. The Buccaneers are hitting their stride. They're one of these teams that has found the gas pedal, and they're in overdrive, and they, they can feel it, and Mayfield is willing them toward it. It's great to see the first year after Tom Brady. They have a team that maybe has a better chance of winning in the wild card round than Brady's Buccaneers did last year. Yeah. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. When we return, a look back at some of the best simsisms of the calendar year 2023. We'll do that next year on PFT Live. February's become March, and we didn't even realize. I did not realize it was March until you just said that. I looked at my phone and went, oh, my gosh. And then what do you think of that new simsism there? Simsism. Year and review. I would have a hard time sleeping with myself, I guess. You know, calmer waters prevail a little bit or whatever. Or more machoism from the defensive lineman. Back to penny pinching. He's got some wear and tear left on his tires. I, I did not mean to disclude him from those names I discussed before. There are some unofficial dictionaries that attempt to acknowledge disclude. Disclude, baby! Do not. Ah. You know, so there's, there's being money left on the board across the table right now by all due accounts. So you don't get exactly the, you know, tick for tack is that where he was drafted. So I of the beauty of the beholder. What do we need for our team? Did you say mellifluous? Mellifluous. It's okay. a real word. Okay. Trust me. I can even spell mellifluous if I have to. Has it got two L's or one? I thought it had two L's. Like great Scots, the Atlanta Falcons. What are you shaking your head at? What are you looking at? Did I say something stupid? <laughs> Great Scots. Great, great Scots. Scots. Not yeah. great Scots, but yeah. great Scots. There are yeah. plenty of Scots out there, and they're all great. Of course, that's kind of uh, speculative, but at the same time, speculative? Is that the better Close word? Enough. There? And as we saw last night, excuse you. Excuse me. Is, is, excuse is, you. Yeah. Bless you is the problem. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, thank you. He's kind of pigeon-tailed to the spread offense. You've been doing a good job at not giving us new simsisms, but you just gave us one in pigeon-tailed. <laughs> pigeon-holed. Pigeon-hole. I'll take pigeon-tailed. Okay. I mean, geez. It's like watching molasses grow. <laughs> Is it, does it do that? I don't think it does. Uh, more, <laughs> oh, 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 God help me. Oh, that's a walk-off. Simsisms. Year and review. <laughs> very well done. Very well, well done. done. Way to go, we, we have We have a very loyal 
base of viewers that will constantly email me. And the problem is when you get people who discover the show who haven't been with us for three, four, five years, they hear the ones that you've adopted and co-opted and turned into deliberate phrases like read between the tea leaves. And they they think that, it's that I'm screwing it up too when right. I say it. Right. It becomes part of the vernacular. So it's a reward for those of you who have been around. You know you're in on the joke. It's my curse because I constantly, anytime one of these comes back around and you do it on purpose, they're like, oh, there's a new Simsism and you didn't notice it. No, because it's something that's been said a hundred or more times over the course of the last six or seven years. Is it going to be seven years? It will be seven years in 2024. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. 24, seven years. I can't believe you lasted that long, and I can't believe I lasted that long. <laughs> I think we're both shocked, but it's been great. We've had a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, great job by everybody in the back. EJ, Wyatt, putting that together there with the Simpsons. It's just, oh. I don't know. It's one of those things where it happens organically, right? There's some of them I don't think I ever looked up the meaning of some of these things, and I kind of just combine them, and uh, you know, we're, we've embraced it and had fun with it. And, and by the way, the... The grid of all the great Scots, that was well done. <laughs> if was. that was shown before, I forgot. If we could bring it back, I noticed Scott Bayo's album cover. I saw that in there the too. Bottom <laughs> middle. That was great. So plenty of great Scots. Willie the groundskeeper from The Simpsons. Michael Scott, obviously. A few Fat actual Bastard Scottish people. From Austin Powers. <laughs> right. Yes. Very, very well done. But uh, there's Scott Bayo. <laughs> That's just very, 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 very well done. All right, let's take a break. When we return, Chris's best friend in coaching, Jim Harbaugh, an opportunity to address his NFL future, what he said and didn't say in response to that. We'll break it down next year on PFT Live. Michigan getting ready to take on Alabama on Monday at the Rose Bowl. Yesterday, they were at Disneyland for a press conference, among other things, presumably. Maybe a little teacup ride. Maybe a little Thunder Mountain. Is that one of the rides at Disneyland? I don't know. It sounds right. Here's Jim Harbaugh not sounding all that right when he's asked a specific question and doesn't answer the question he's been asked. Not once, but twice. Have a listen and a look at Jim Harbaugh making sure that he said nothing he shouldn't say regarding whether he might be coming back to the NFL. Such a one-track mind. That's our. Uh, that's the way we're going about things. It's um, literally whatever day we're in, looking to get the most out of it, dominate the day. Then we'll go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and see if we can't dominate that day. Yeah, it's just a very one-track mind about this game. Uh, right now, I just have have fun with the family and the and the, and the team and the players. It's like we're at the happiest place on earth. <laughs> uh, and we're going to enjoy ourselves. The first question was about the NFL rumors circulating, circulating again regarding Jim Harbaugh. The second one was about the Chargers opening. And both times, it's, you know, he's got this pre-planned one day at a time, dominate the day, laser focused, yada, yada, instead of saying yes or no. And if you don't say, no, I'm not going back to the NFL, no, I'm not interested in the Chargers, the implication is he is. He is. He didn't shoot it down. 
when you don't shoot that down, it keeps flying, and it's going to keep on flying. And one of these days he's trying to dominate is going to be a day when there isn't a Michigan game. There's going to be an interview or an opportunity, and he explored it two years ago with the Vikings. He went to Minnesota to interview for the job, and he thought he was going to get it. Last year they came to him, the Broncos came to him, when it wasn't clear they were going to get Sean Payton. I think the Chargers are going to be in play. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes the coach of the Chargers. I think this is the year that he makes the leap with all the stuff going on with the NCAA and Michigan. I feel like this is it. And he did nothing to throw water on it yesterday. Chris. No, he, he, did, he did not, right? I mean, there's, it's not crazy to ask or think that this is on his radar, right? I mean, there's been reports, too, about Michigan and offering him a contract and have stipulations in there about not going to the NFL. So, obviously, they think it's real right? The Denver Broncos thing. He was this close last year. I know a lot of people, you know, I've told you off air or whatever. He said yes. And then he said no. And then he said yes. And then he said no. That's what it happened. That's how close he was to becoming the Broncos head coach. We also know that, you know, why he was on one track mind. I got to play TCU one track mind. He was looking at the Chargers job last year too. So sorry if I don't believe Jim Harbaugh and what he told me yesterday. Sorry when we know he was working behind the scenes last year to replace Brandon Staley if he was fired last year and get the Broncos job. And that doesn't happen like after the year's over or anything like that. It was going on why he was preparing for TCU. And if it's on his radar again this year, it's on it right now. And he's still looking at that as well. So, yeah, I'm not going to totally buy that one there. He thought he was getting the Vikings job. And it fell apart. Yeah. But when he left Michigan to go interview for the Vikings job, he thought he was getting it instead of Kevin O'Connell or anyone else. And in 2022, at the start of football season, there was a profile, a piece on ESPN with Gene Wojciechowski and Jim Harbaugh, and he spoke reverently about winning a Super Bowl, that that's the ultimate prize. Right. And they have unfinished business in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. I feel like he's coming back at some point. Yes. He's not going to let that go. I always thought that about Nick Saban. I felt like for Saban, the the failure in the NFL was the blemish on his record that he wanted to wipe away. I think he's decided, forget it. I'll just win as many championships as I can at the college level, and I'll, I'll accept that as my ultimate prize. I think Harbaugh is driving him crazy. He played in the NFL. He That's wants to win a Super Bowl. Right. And he, he had an immediate impact on the 49ers. Almost to the Super Bowl the first year after the team was 6-10 and 10 the year before that. Got to the Super Bowl the second year and almost won it. Almost back the next year. By then, it was all falling apart. They almost traded him to the Browns. If he would have said yes, he would have been the Browns coach in 2014. So I think he's coming back. It's just a question of when and where. And it could be this year, Chargers. And why wouldn't you be interested in that job with Justin Herbert there as the quarterback? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things there that are in place that's going to be, you know – uh, enticing to any coach out there. Hey, Jim Harbaugh, he's he's a good football coach. There's no doubt about that. He certainly can turn around an organization. I don't doubt that either. There's no question, you know. And yeah, the NFL I think is his true love. You know, what, you know what, like you said, he played in the NFL. His brother, of course, is in the NFL and won a Super Bowl. That's going to eat into him, of course, because he beat Jim. But also, you know, it, that's what happens with the NFL is when you're in it for a sustained period of time and you get a taste of it, hey, as awesome as college football is, it ain't the NFL. 
And I know college football is great. I get that. But the competitive nature, the all-in on football, the not babysitting, the not recruiting, all of that, how can how close it all is, the coach is a big difference in NFL football. And I, I think that's why, yeah, it's it, it's a it's something that he certainly you know cherishes or wants to get in his resume to get that Super Bowl trophy. We'll take a break and wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. Get back! Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. Mattel. Takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. That's Paul Allen 20 years ago today. Cardinals knocked the Vikings out on a rule that no longer is a rule. The push out. The force out. Right. You got to get your feet down now. It's really yeah. the only rule of the past 20 years, the past 50 years, that that hurts offense. It makes it harder to complete a pass. You no longer have the judgment call that, oh, they forced him out or he would have gotten his feet down. We're going to call it a catch. That's yeah. what happened. That Cardinals was kind of crazy. So, it was, it was also, a crazy rule that they had that at one point, right? Like, well, we think he would have landed in bounds if they didn't push him. Like, get the hell out of here. He didn't land in bounds. But, isn't that amazing? Yeah. In yeah. the NFL, why yeah. would that have ever been the rule? I it don't really know. is amazing. It's, it's oh, really by the way, question. What? December, 28, yeah. December 28 is another anniversary in Viking annals and i appreciate that not being what played it? although i have a feeling it's going to be played on the way i throw it the freaking it's Drew Cowboy. pearson pushing off on nate right damn yes, what a great Hail day Mary. in history december, december 28 is one of my favorite days ever now i mean damn december 28 can go it's it's amazing how much that's crap it. your vikings team has gone through i don't know make a picks podcast coming up later today dysfunctional people Bye. do dysfunctional things while no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.